1: Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago and beyond, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at. Today is June 1st, June 1st. 2023. Cecil, yeah, I had a hell of a week. Yeah, I had a hell of a week, buddy. Yeah, this week and this this will this will lead into our topic, I promise. So this week, uh, uh we moved the family moved. Sure. So we moved a whopping four and a half miles, big big honking ass move from a four bedroom house to a four bedroom house. And uh, it is now Thursday. We moved on Saturday, and my body, Cecil, <laughs> Cecil, my body yeah. feels
2: like hammered shit. Yeah, yeah, top to bottom. Uh, Yeah, man. Left to right and upside down. It doesn't matter your age either, right? (laughs) Like I remember I've helped people move and I've moved myself and no matter what, after a move, it doesn't matter unless it's like the thing you do for a living. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like how in shape you
1: think you are. Doesn't matter. Right. It's like, yeah, whatever. Like I'm in pretty good shape, you know, like I'll pick up some stuff. Your body's like, yeah, but you didn't do exact. Here's the great thing about your fucking body, right? Your body's like, Oh, okay. So you do you lift weights, you do cardio, you do burpees, all that stuff. Great. Okay, cool. So will that translate into actually doing yeah. anything? Your body's like, no, man. No, that's just if you do anything physically strenuous, you're just gonna hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and then as you get older, yeah, you're just like, why well, hurt
2: today? And your body's like, yeah, and that's gonna last. And you're gonna that's be gonna hurting last forever, forever and ever, forever, and ever. Yeah, no, it's pretty unpleasant. Yeah, I took. I
1: took a big chunk of yesterday afternoon and all of yesterday evening off of doing any work, and I just laid around. and I was like, "All right, cool. My back will be much better." Like my back has just been sore. I woke up this morning and I did that thing where you wake up and you're like, "I can't stand all the way up." <laughs> you know, you got to take like four shuffle steps. You know, and then you're then you're like, you're kind of uh, gradually like, oh, "Oh, there
2: we go," and you're man, like, "Okay, I'm up." I took my up. back out in Chicago, and I went to the to the doctor. And I got out of the car when I was there and I know shit was like leaned over, yeah. like bent over. And I had to walk in like that cause I could not straighten up. And then I came in and he's like, he's like, you 100% need muscle relaxers. <laughs> and so he prescribed muscle relaxers. He's like, I don't want you to go to a pharmacy. He's like, we have a pharmacy in the building. I want you to walk across the hall. I want you to take some pills. And then I want you to like figure out how to right. get home, get your car later. And as soon as I took them, maybe twenty minutes later, I was like, oh, "I could stand up again." Oh! oh, it's like, oh, it's amazing. It's so, because man, fucking hell, man, your back hurting? Yeah. is the worst hurting. It's the it's like yeah. it controls all of the pieces. Everything. It's like everything. Yeah, it's like, like I know, like all the other, like this is old man yells at Cloud yeah, Radio. I know it. Yeah. But
1: it just it absolutely cracks me up that like you think you're building some kind of like functional resilience to work. Yeah. And what you're doing instead is just teaching your body that this exact kind of work is acceptable. And, the rest and literally, it, no. if I grab a spatula
2: funny, yeah. your body's like, that hurts forever now, man. Well, what's funny is I can, I can uh, you know, work out on a cardio machine for a long time or whatever. Yeah, I can row, I can bike, I can, I used to be able to run. I, I am running because my, my leg hurts me now, but I used to run and I could do all those things. Right. But like, whenever I would climb stairs, I'd be out of breath. Right, and I would be like, why am I out of breath? I can like literally ride at an intense pace for hours. But yes. as soon as you get to this thing, you're like, no, you i so- climbed up two flights of stairs and I'm out of breath. Dude, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating.
1: Over the summer, or no, over the winter, I was going to a commercial gym. I hadn't gone to a commercial gym in a long time. I was going to a commercial gym. And for my cardio, I was like, I'm going to do the Stairmaster. I've never done a Stairmaster. So I get on the Stairmaster and I'm doing the Stairmaster. See, so I'm doing the Stairmaster every single day. Like, so I lift weights, I do the Stairmaster. I lift weights, I do the Stairmaster. I come home, I walk up my <laughs> stairs. And I'm like, <sighs> and I'm like, why, what? I did, what is I that? I did the work that it right. said. I did the same thing. And it's yeah. like, yeah, but your body's like, yeah, but that was a Stairmaster. It's okay, are, yeah. It's this all is, bullshit. This is Stair original. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is OG Stair. <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's, I think at a certain age, my body's just mad at me yeah, all the time. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, just relax and understand you're going to hurt. Yeah, yeah You're no just going to hurt all the time. No
2: matter what. And that's because as we get older, mm-hmm. there's a reality we have to accept. You have to face some things for sure. And, 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 and one of them, we, we, we talked about it last week, yeah. Dianne Feinstein. There was a story out this week that some of her aides had to tell her who Kamala Harris was. <laughs> yeah, this story comes from The Hill. Feinstein expressed confusion over Kamala Harris presiding over the Senate in a report. And, uh, you know, she reportedly was confused when Vice President Harris was presiding over the Senate to cast a tie-breaking vote, according to a new report detailing the difficulties that the ailing lawmaker faces as she continues to her work in the Senate. Uh, and so it was a new report from the New York Times. This isn't like a. This isn't like Bill said this, right? This is right. this is the New York Times. And this event took place last year, yeah. Before her most recent troubles, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. So the the Harris example reportedly took place last year and illustrates the difficulty that Feinstein has had recalling at times the basics of how the Senate operates. Yeah. And I get that the Senate's operation from a rules perspective is full of arcane sure minutia, sure. right? And and that McConnell has been the master of that arcane minutia and that maneuvering for a long time. But
2: knowing who the tie-breaking vote is, that's some civics class shit. And and, 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 and that's civics shit. Yeah. And you know, she's she is coming under fire because she, she doesn't feel like she's all there. And we talked about it last yeah. week and we got some pushback from some people who called it ageism um and there were some people who were upset about the things that we said and um and one I want to say like you didn't really listen that carefully if that's what you think because right. Tom had said that every single person should be tested yeah. for competency this is that's not ageist if right. everyone I mean, is right. that's not saying you the, the, like that's saying like people over a certain age would have to be but also I want to say too like we seem to be really careful around talking around age in the Senate and in offices in general in the in the public, you know, in the United States public, we seem to be very careful about talking about age. But there are many age requirements for yep. office. So age is on the table at in, in every single one of these the other way, right? right. You got to be 30 to be a senator, you got to be 35 to be the president. Yep. These are, these are requirements for office. So age is already on the table, yet we seem to think we can't take it off the table at some other point.
1: Yeah, I, you know, like the fact that there are minimum age requirements to do anything, right? Yeah. To do anything is a recognition that the brain as an organ needs time to grow, to form, to mature, and for people to come into a kind of intellectual, um, Coming of their own, right? Sure. I don't know what else to say. Like, and and that that doesn't happen. A thirteen year old is not as capable intellectually. I don't think anybody would argue as a twenty five year. I don't that's think anybody would but that's argue that. That's what these that's these age requirements, and it is also just scientifically the case. That as a demographic reality, right? There are always outliers. You can always pull sure. the outliers yeah, out and no. throw them away.
2: You can find the 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 opposite is true too. Yeah. Like you, you can, can find, find a Doogie a, Hauser ass motherfucker, can, yeah, right? I mean, like yeah. you can meet a twenty five year old who's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, brilliant and mature and, mature and all the rest, and of it. able to right. wise, able to make amazing decisions. Yeah. That's possible, right? But
1: when we make rules, I think it is reasonable for us to make rules about demographic realities. And it is a demographic reality that as we age, in my case, moving is a great example. As I've gotten, my body at 45 hurts more after a day of moving than it did at 25, right? It just does. As I get older, my memory will change. My memory will change. That is a truth of how our brains operate and how age affects our ability. Age affects abilities When we're young, it affects abilities as we mature, and it affects our abilities into our later years. I think it is perfectly reasonable for us to not put our head in the sand and to say some shit is real fucking important, like, I don't know, governing the goddamn country. And if you're going to ask, if you're going to ask to hold that position, if you're going to beg, plead, cajole- Exactly what it is. Lobby for you to hold that position, you have to go through extraordinary efforts. Yeah. To gain that position of trust, I think if you're gonna go through all of that, it is perfectly reasonable for you to be, for you to have to pledge back to the people that are voting for you that you are competent and to demonstrate that competence. And I think you should have to do that at every age, at every level, because age matters. Age does have impacts yeah. on our brains, our recall, how swift we are. And if you're 90 and you take that test and you crush that test, Bully for you. Awesome. Love it. Be 90 and be in office. I'm fine with it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think we should strip people of driver's licenses because they're old either, but I do think they should
2: be tested more so often they still because our reflexes yeah. change. Yeah. Well, it's 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 also one of those things that it's like it's like a an actuarial study knows that those people are the people who are elderly. Have a better chance of getting into an accident or something. So they test them more, right? right? They know these things mm-hmm. because they crunch these numbers, you know? Then we were talking about a while back. We were talking about the difference between male and female drivers, right? right. You and I were talking about that. Yeah. There's a genuine difference, right? Yeah. That's not sexist to say that female drivers at a younger age are better at this. Right. Because just that's just true. Yeah. It's just a true thing. Crunch the numbers. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're that a female driver is better than all male drivers, right. but it does mean that the on demographic average. Reality, on average, right. a female driver at 18 is going to be more responsible of a driver than a an 18-year-old an male. It's just right. true. And it's true because they just pay less insurance and right. we know that, right? Yep. The same thing goes for for this sort of thing. We know that, you know, your competency does start to go down. Does it go down for everybody? No, no, it doesn't. Does it go down at the same rate Listen for to Noam, Noam no. Chomsky speak. Right. Noam Chomsky is still very smart. Listen to that guy talk. Talks yeah. real slow now. Yeah. Talks like that tree on fucking Lord of <laughs> the Rings. But he's still real smart. Like, right. he's still real smart. It's not right. like he lost that. So you can go listen. That guy's in his 90s, so he's a smart dude. It's not yeah. like he's a he's an idiot or he's, you know, at least the stuff I saw and I don't know how recent it was, but it was relatively recent. I mean, like I say, he's, he's up there in age, yeah. but he's still whipped smart. There's plenty of people who are up there in age. Bernie Sanders is a great example. Bernie Sanders is, Bernie not a young Sanders man is an older he's man. Sharp as, a he's still sharp as a fucking tack. That yep. guy. This is well, 78, 79, something like that. Older man still ready to go. So there's plenty of people out there that I think can fit it. And I think you're right when you say we need to, we need to pay attention to that sort of thing. I also think too you know, we, we didn't talk about it as much, I guess, on there, but we are a hundred percent for term limits. Like I think oh my both God, of us yeah. are like a super a hundred percent for term limits. We've talked about
1: term limits yeah. a bunch.
2: Yeah. I think, and I, I think we
1: said like, I do not think that you should have a career no, absolutely in a not. single yeah. position in yeah. politics. I don't think that like, you should be the governor forever. Yeah. I don't think you should be a Senator forever. I don't think you should, I, I think everything should have every position. Yeah. Should have
2: a pretty short number of term limits. Yeah, and and like I think a pretty short been, number of terms. We've been leaning towards them being pain points too. Yeah, like like these jobs shouldn't be good. You should be extensively tested, and you should these jobs could should kind of suck. They yeah. should work you pretty hard, so you don't want to do it again. Yeah. Yeah, you I, I, do it once, and you're like, oh, guy, we, I, I, it's like, it's like getting hazed or something, and you're yeah, like, okay, you're no, like, that's I'm fine, good. I'm, good. I'm good, I did it, I, uh, you waterboarded me for four years, I, I don't need it anymore, I pledged yeah. Kappa yeah. Nu or yeah. whatever, I'm good, but I, 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 I just feel like, I feel like people, they, that what that what happens is, is they hear something and they want to immediately say that's bad because you said this thing, mm-hmm. and you're like, but you're not listening to what we're saying. I'm not saying all old people are incompetent. I know, would never say that. No. I don't think that's the case. But I definitely think that Dianne Feinstein, like the rest of those people, I agree with you, should be fucking tested yeah. in some way, a competency test of something. And like I said last week, because I because I, I
1: mean this, like I have people in my life that are young people that have had events and medications and things that have happened, and their competency has changed. Yeah. We should just test everybody. Yeah. It is just good practice. It's not because we're going to... I'm not saying... Because I don't want the counter argument that, oh, you're just going to test everybody because you're trying to catch the people over here in the pool, right? What I'm saying is that our brain is a meat organ, It's just a fucking meat organ, but it's the one that we're relying on in order to do this work. And it's a deadly important fucking work that needs to be done. And so we know that lots of shit can affect it, right? You could have had a traumatic brain injury 10 years ago. Look at the NFL football players. They get these traumatic brain injuries years and years and years and years ago. And then it builds up, right? And causes problems. So we should just be on the lookout for competency yeah. lapses yeah, because so many things can cause yeah. lapses in competency. Absolutely. And we should just be like, hey, you know what? If you're going to do really fucking important work, let's double check yeah, and man. make sure we don't, every year that you're capable of that work. We don't treat it like it's
2: important enough. And I think we don't, that's man. the that's real exactly problem. Right. That's yeah. the real problem. You're exactly right. Speaking of incompetency time. Oh my God. Let's talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the story is from the
1: insider. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's raged about drag queens for months, is defending her boyfriend over an old video of him donning drag in Dallas. And they both shared it. They both shared it. They both shared it. They, they, because, they both shared it. Because, you know, and, and the thing is, Cecil, it's a smart thing for them to do. Sure. Right? Because being consistent doesn't matter no. to them or their base. Leaning into it lets them control the narrative. Yeah. And so... We're at the place, I know we talked about this before, but there are no more gotcha moments left. They don't you exist get them. they don't exist. What are you gonna do? you could, you could you could literally get these people doing and saying the most egregiously awful shit on camera. and we know this because it's happened and it does not matter. Matt Gates is credibly accused of child sex trafficking with his 17 year old girlfriend that he brought across state lines. He's credibly accused of being a fucking statutory
2: rapist. And he got reelected. Got reelected. And nothing's going to happen to him. Nothing's going to happen to him. Did you hear about that? that? Uh, is it Paxton or Patton? The guy Paxton from- got impeached. Did you hear about this though? Yeah. You know why he got impeached? He got impeached, not because of the things he did. Money. He got impeached because of money, but yep. then he also got impeached because he was- he. he in some way was sharing the blame with other republicans that were down there right before they could separate themselves from it they knew he did yeah. all kinds of crazy shit it's not like they didn't know he did this shit they knew no. he did this shit they knew it 100% For years. there wasn't it wasn't a gotcha moment he was he literally let someone look at classic like fbi documents about the case that is going after that person so this this rich person knew the fbi had a case against them this guy, this this attorney general from Texas, let that person look at these classified documents about, like, you know, his, you know, documents he should never right. see that basically lay out some of his case, and he saw them, and then donated twenty five thousand dollars to this guy's fucking uh uh fund of like like uh, po- uh, his political fund, and then he used it to like redecorate his kitchen or something. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like it's the most egregious use of power that you could possibly imagine, other than like just shooting someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Avenue, right? right i mean it's abuse of power like you wouldn't believe and they all knew it happened but what happened was is he he let some people go because they, the the whistleblower came forward and said this is terrible and right. he fired all the whistleblowers fired right. them up yep retaliatory firing and then they sued him and then he settled and then came to the, co- the court and he was like i want you guys to settle for me i need you guys to pay it and that's when they were like nah man yep. we're impeaching your ass and they they did it because they knew that the egg was gonna fly from his face to theirs. Yes, exactly and that's right. the only yep. way that there's ever any consequences on that side is if the egg flies far enough off their face to hit someone else. To splatter everybody. Because it, well, if, if it's, I mean, they could be fucking bukakied in it. <laughs> they could be cracking eggs on their face for an entire day in the sun, okay. right? It's just coated their face. They look like they're gonna get fucking three stage breaded, Tom. They're <laughs> no. just covered in fucking egg. Next week on Season <laughs> Liberally. <laughs> but seriously, they they, they could be just covered in it. It doesn't matter. It no, doesn't matter it doesn't. at all. And this is a perfect example. doesn't matter at all because no. no one else is. But the moment someone else gets implicated, and we're going to talk about some of this stuff yeah. later, especially with Trump the moment something else happens and reaches out to somebody else, that's when it matters. And that's when shit will happen. But if it just is that person, they are essentially, they, they they just wear armor that cannot be pierced because hypocrisy does not matter. Doesn't matter. Marjorie Taylor Greene
1: for for years now has been going after drag queens, right? Going after drag queens, going after drag queens, calling the, you know, really vilifying, talking about predatory and grooming and all this, all the usual right-wing fucking moral panic wedge issue nonsense in order to like work up their base about non-existent social issues that literally nobody cares about except for the right who has made these things into issues we all have to care about right nobody gives a shit is what i'm saying about fucking drag queens and drag queen stories nothing it was nothing and be like hey you want to go see a drag queen yes no maybe i don't know it doesn't matter it's a non-issue for fucking decades. And now it's like a right wing fucking wedge issue, social culture war talking point. And she has leaned into it. And then this video turns up of her guy and her guy is straight up in drag. And he's like, yeah, he's like taking his shoes off at the end of this drag thing that he did. Like as like a, uh,
2: a reporter, work event, yeah, right? yeah, as a reporter as or a, something yeah. like a weatherman or whatever he yeah. was.
1: So he, and he's like, yeah, I might keep the pantyhose on. They're pretty comfortable. Like makes a little quip about it or whatever. And that performance in their mind, and I think I understand why, right? That performance in their mind is okay. And the drag queens reading to your kids or the drag queens performing at the at local drag, drag brunch, brunch or whatever, right? Yeah. Or just a regular drag show in the evening, whatever. That's not okay. And here's why I think, because they were making fun of it.
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: So if they're making fun of it, right? Then it's perfectly fine. Then it's fine. Yeah. Because they're mocking you. Yeah. Because they're making fun of you. Because they're treating you
2: like in a derogatory, denigrating, repudiative fashion. Sure. Okay. Sure. You know, I also think, too, there's, there's another part of it, too. And it's always them telling on themselves about sexualizing. And I feel like they sexualize everything. Yeah, man. And so the, the, when they see a drag queen, then they immediately sexualize the child. And they sexualize the drag queen. Yeah, and both of those things are upsetting to them. So they have to do. I mean, we know they sexualize children. We 100%. know they do this yep. because they have purity balls, man. Yeah, these are little kids. These aren't. Uh, these aren't teenagers even, doesn't yeah, the these, left are, isn't doing these this. are little babies. Yeah. These are six, seven year old kids. A six or seven year old kid is a baby. Yep. That is a little thing. That's it is a, a tiny, tiny, tiny little person. Yep. It is a very, very unformed human being. It is not a sexual being nope. at all nope. at that nope. age. And they sexualize them. They pledge their virginity to their father at like seven. Yep. Are you fucking, like, like you tell on yourself yeah, all, the, all time, the time, all the time when you have these weird rituals about worrying about your child's sexuality at seven, right. like you do this to you. You're you're the one working yourself up about yep. all this. You're the one who sexualizes everything. That's why you, you hate trans people because you can't just treat people like people. You have to treat everyone like an object and that's on you. That's not on anyone else, yeah, man. man.
1: They are sex-obsessed weirdos.
2: Yes. Like the right
1: is full of sex-obsessed weirdos. They are const- They are so intentionally repressive because they are sex-obsessed and sex-scared, right? Yeah. They're absolutely terrified of sex and sexuality in all forms, formats, and fashions, and they cannot stop thinking about it. Yeah. They cannot stop seeing every man, woman, and child as some form of a sexual object- yeah. Either a sexual object of desire or a sexual object to be acted upon inappropriately. Everything is. Everything comes back to sex for these guys. Yeah. This is the the right. Are the people that can't watch a fucking Disney movie. They can't go out into the world yeah. and engage the world in a way that is non-sexual. All of their engagements, yes. all of yeah. the rights engagements with the world, have these deep weird sexual undertones they read sex and sexuality into like the most banal nothing fucking events and movies and literature and you know everything for these guys is sex it's just it's always it's all they're thinking about yeah it's all they're fucking is otherwise because i like i see this i see a drag show and it's just like
2: people having a fucking laugh you they're know what i mean fun. Just it's, just it's a laugh themselves. they're doing whatever they want that's what it yeah. is
1: it's not like this, it's not this like fucking boner event. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just like, how not. weird is
2: that, right? Like right. you've got to go there and turn it into something like right. that. I, I wonder too, I don't know if there's any oxygen here, but I wonder too if like the, the left should really, really start to be using the Bible to go after divorcees. Oh, as a way to be like, cause, cause, cause a lot of these people are prominent divorcees yeah. and I have no problem with divorce. Right. I think divorce is actually a very healthy thing. Right. You know, there are people in bad relationships. They need to get out of it. I'm hundred yep. percent for it. But I wonder if, you know, just like people go out of their way to be like, you know, like, like the people who are like, yeah, we're going to start a club where it's a Satan club or whatever. The same thing could be said and could be true That's a great point. in a way to be like. You know what? We're going to start a whole league that's against divorce. It's 100 yeah. against divorce, and it's <clears> 100 <throat> biblically rooted. It is everything yeah, about you're it. Right the wrong. entire yeah. the entire thing just pulls quote after quote after quote and piece of the Bible after piece of the Bible to talk about how bad divorce is.
1: And unlike homosexuality, which does not feature in the New Testament
2: at all, Jesus had some shit to say yes, about, divorce. about divorce. And there's plenty of there's plenty of moments in the bible that you can you could probably you know glean a on, lot on. yeah and then you could use that as your as your statement and to yeah. be like we are 100 against <clears throat> we want to start a coalition to ban divorce in the united states i think that would be and then genuinely interesting because there's i mean out. because like two months ago you got lauren Boebert standing on a stage saying if you chase after jesus your husband will chase after you and then she's divorced yeah. Right. Two months later. Right. I yeah. mean, two months later, she's divorced. Yep. You know, and I don't care. I like, don't care. Could. That's why. Go I didn't get grab that a story, divorce. Right? Like fucking yeah. do. Get married tomorrow and divorce I don't fucking care. Look, but at the same time, I don't time, blame anyone a, for divorcing Lauren. <laughs> you, you know a, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. It's 100%. a hypocrisy thing, though. Right. Uh-huh. You know where you're it just is. like like you're selling yourself as this person who's biblically rooted. Well, you know, and and you're selling all these other things that are biblically rooted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you can knock down one, and I don't know if it works, right? Because we talked about, you know, having a satire group that might backfire. So I don't know how well that works, but there was something that, that occurred to me, especially with her and Bobert, where it's like, you know, they're all like your religion also says bad things about divorce and you don't seem to care yeah. about that. You're very selective about
1: that. And the problem Cecil is that for you and I, we would see that and see the contradiction and then as a result of the contradiction we would ask deeper questions about the foundation yeah. that undergirds that right but i think the reality is that the bible is full of some really oh it's yeah. deep yeah, i guess you're right yeah contradictions yeah. and none of them you know like the bible i was just talking to a, a, someone today as a matter of fact the guy who helped me move so i hired i hired this 22 year old kid to help me move and he wanted to ask me some questions about what i thought about the afterlife and all this and we got into a pretty nice deep discussion but it was like, you know, the what Bible- What do you think
2: about the afterlife, time
1: uh, Not a lot. I think it's- <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what I told him though. You know, I was like, look, I've already had the afterlife for 4 billion years. Yeah. I already wasn't. I already was the afterlife, the before life, the pre-life. I was like, so like, yeah. I get my blip for 4 billion years. I already wasn't. And then I get a blip. And then for however many more billion years, I get a wasn't again. Yeah. And it'll be just like that. I was like, I asked him, I was like, have you ever had- General anesthesia. It's not like going to sleep. It's like somebody turns a light switch off and you're just not anymore. And then someone turns a light switch on and you back are. And it is the most insane experience because it isn't insane because it is so binary and so swift and so like actual. I was like, I feel like it's like it's like that. What was the time lapse I didn't experience? It was nothing. I think that that's what it is. Yeah. And we were talking about like the Bible. And we were talking about like. Determinism and free will. And I was like, look, the Bible is self-contradictory on the issue of determinism and free will. Determinism is necessarily contradictory to free will. They cannot coexist. But the Bible is full of deterministic pa- passages and passages extolling free will. But those two things are necessarily mutually exclusive. So the, the underlying like philosophical foundation. Is it self-exclusive? Sure. So I just don't think they care. Yeah. I think they're just like... It's pick and choose,
2: though. Yeah, it's man. It's like choose your own adventure. Like, yeah. whatever preacher wants this week, he can choose. Yeah. He can just find it. You know, he worked his way through page 22, and then he opened the door, and then he went yeah. to the vault, and then he got a key, and then, you know, right, whatever. Exactly, yeah, exactly. figured it all out. Yeah. Wait all Wait, everybody, listen to me. When did you all decide to sit in judgment? Who elected all of you?
3: to be the saviors of everybody's souls in Beaumont. Reverend, we have a perfect right to determine he what our children- our... When you burned all of these,
2: what are you gonna do then?
1: This story comes from the Washington Post. Their high school canceled an LGBTQ play. These teens put it on anyway. I just thought this was a really beautiful story. Yeah. So um, in the sense that these teenagers, the thrust of the story is this, these teenagers, at their local high school, they wanted to, they wanted to put on a play. The play was an LGBTQ friendly play. It had centered around themes of gender and diversity.
2: Yeah. It was like non binary like star or whatever, where right. the person the person the person who's playing the I think the main character one of the main characters is non binary. Yeah. and
1: you're like, that's really cool. And the the nut jobs basically got it canceled. Right, yeah. so they they like they yeah. they went to they the school and they're right. like, it's fucking canceled. And so these teens were like. Yeah, but like you can't cancel something like that we want to do that we feel deeply, you know, about doing. And so they basically did a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter or some fundraising. Yeah. I forgot what they Someone did. helped them. They raised like 80,000 bucks
2: and they did it. They rented out a theater. They put it on themselves. They sold that fucker out. Yeah, they sold it out. And it looks, and here's the thing. You read this story and it's beautiful. You're right, it's beautiful. Yeah. Because these, these kids really got something out of it. They enjoyed the time that they're there. You know, I did some theater when I was in high school in that. Uh, some theater outside of school. And theaters, it's, it, there's such a cool reward during that show and after that show. Yeah. It's such a cool thing, you know? And, and it, it teaches, it teaches kids so much about themselves, about public speaking, about, you know, the nervousness they feel working together, you know, relying on other people. There's so much you learn because you do it. And, uh, they wanted that rewarding experience and they got it because yep. they relied on each other and they relied on the community. And it, it it really turned out wonderful. But, you know, you hear these people, the people who are are fighting against this. And what they're fighting against is they don't want, they what they don't want is they don't want this to happen because their religion says it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's cool. A great story. Don't have your kid in it. Yeah. Right. That's, that's how you participate in this is you don't have your kid in it. And then when it plays at school, you don't let your kid go. If that's what it, if that matters to you, then that's what you then do. That's how you, do. Right. you control your own family and you make decisions based on your own judgments and your own morals in your own family. Right. And that's how this works. But instead they came out and the school knew there was going to be a bunch of shit about it. They were going to catch a, a nationwide health storm if they did it. And they just k- shut it down. They're they like, did. no, we're not gonna do it. We're not gonna, we're not gonna invite that here because there's already crazy people in the board. And one
1: of the things that I love about this story is that the lesson these kids got to learn was that the world is full of bigots and you can fight them and win. Yeah. yeah. And I love right. that they were able to thumb their noses yeah. at these assholes. Because, like, the thing is that the way to it is never gonna be the case. That as a parent, as a person in the world, I mean, as somebody who's on the left, I cannot look out at the world and say, I don't want my kids exposed to ideas from the right. And I am going to fight like hell to make sure that they're never exposed to ideas from the right. I don't take my kids to church, right? I would not take my kids to church. But I do not like quake in fear that they meet someone religious. I do not quake in fear that they turn on the TV and see, religious and religious-oriented messaging and messaging that refers to religiosity. Yeah. I am not nervous that I will lose control of their hearts and souls and minds if they are exposed to ideas that are not the same ideas that I expose them sure. to and espouse in my home yeah. because I'm not afraid that my ideas are bullshit. Yeah, yeah. They're afraid their ideas are bullshit. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And the lesson these kids got to learn was they don't fucking know anything. Yeah. And with a little bit of hard work, or a lot of hard work, we can do what the fuck we want anyway, and we can put our thumb in the eye of
2: authoritarians. Yeah. And I love that they learned that lesson. Yeah, it's, you're, you're so spot on when you say that too, because it, there is a deep fear that they will that they will run into something that they can't control anymore. Mm-hmm. You see this in cults all the time. Yeah, man, they block people off from the rest of the world you know, you're doing the exact same thing a cult does. When you, you know, when you don't let those people go on the internet or whatever, and like, you know, they keep them in a fucking house, make them wear they all say all the same clothes, they don't let them have a TV or whatever, and they cloister people off in a cult, you're doing the same thing when you're blocking out anything that you don't want your kids to see. When you block it out, not just for your kid, but for all kids. Mm -hmm. You're making it so that you're essentially turning the entire United States into your cult. Yeah, And that's, and that's outrageous that we keep letting this happen. And we keep letting it happen because of small voting, small groups across this country, even in blue States. Yeah. There are plenty of red school boards and we just let them do it. We let them do it. And we can't Gen Z, the millennials, the younger people need to stop up and take those positions away from them. Yep. And they need to do it because they need to put their people up and they're, they need to show up in force and vote. And we do believe they will. I think that they could easily knock a lot of these red school boards right out of whack. Yep. All these people could show up and scream at the top of their lungs and be like, that's very nice. You do that in your home. This is a school that's the end of the discussion and we're moving on. Moving and they can on. Show next up and order of business. S- scream their Bible verses during open mic night or whatever they're doing, you know, they're doing their <laughs> fucking beat poetry or whatever it is. Doesn't they're matter. Fucking, they're fucking right-wing slam yeah. poetry Go, the fucking You do board. your thing, whatever. You go do your thing in your house. Yeah. But you could easily turn the tide in this country yes. with, you know, five, ten years, you could easily turn the tide on all these red school boards across the country if you started working these small elections. It's possible. It is. And
1: and in many districts at least, unlike the Senate, there are no age requirements. Yeah. There are no age requirements. You do not have to wait until you own property or are a certain age. Or like In many, 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 many jurisdictions, you can just run. Yeah. And these young people at some point are going to get tired of being Governed by people that seem so out of step with their values. Yeah. And they are gonna throw those people away. And those people will have fucking nothing left, Cecil. Yeah. Nothing. The only pickle a guy should put in his mouth is our Chick-fil-A
2: classic. <laughs> <laughs> right, Yo. She made your point. We get it. Thank Ladies,
1: you. if you want to toss a salad. Make it our Southwestern char-grilled salad
2: with garlic and buttered croutons. Right. Yeah, fine, thank you, Chaz, please. Hey dudes, if you want warm nuts all over oh, your gosh. face,
1: there's only one choice, our Chick-fil-A hot fudge sundae. Okay. Yay! Stop, stop right now. Hey, st- if you want hot meat stuck between two okay. buns, covered in sauce, the way God meant it to be enjoyed, it's Chick-fil-A or the flames of
2: hell. All right, Chaz, the intolerant Chick-fil-A chicken. Eat up, you godless sodomites. (laughs) And Tom, they're not even gonna have their their terrible chicken sandwiches left.
1: They're not, the story's from Gizmodo, I love this. Right-wingers consider fully canceling their once holy Chick-fil-A. So Chick-fil-A has long been boycotted by the left, uh, Chick-fil-A is a fervently right-wing uh Christian organization that discriminates and donates money to further the
2: discrimination yes. against LGBTQ people. They said they stopped and they didn't. They lied. Yep. They and said they stopped. There was a year like a while ago they stepped up. Said we stopped. Yep. We We don't do that anymore. And then people dug in like, "No, man, you're no, still, man, you're still do. doing it."
1: Yeah. What they did is they funneled the money one step further. Uh, yeah, different different direction, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they funneled yeah. they funneled the money, but they are they were shitting Enormous amounts of money into anti-LGBTQ causes, right? Yeah. Because they are a fervently that's why they closed on Sunday. They're yeah, a fervently they're a religious organization, right-wing yeah. Christian organization, right? But now the far right is all fucking worked up about Chick Fil A because Chick Fil A has the most milk toast DEI statement,
2: yeah, Diversity. and a DEI
1: person, yeah. They, they like they're they've had a DEI person and a DEI statement. For years, it's just
2: that the right-wing yeah. podcasters figured it out. See, that's the thing. It doesn't matter how long it's happened. There's a guy, uh, one of these pod, one of these podcasters or one of these one of these pundits on the right. Uh, I I saw him tweet about the the UN sustainability development goals about how evil they are and how that's communism or whatever those came out in 2000. Like 2007 was like when they were ratified or something this like that. This was 16 years. Like that's such a long time ago, but he's tweeting about it now because nobody else knows about it on his side because they're all completely, like they're, they're completely unplugged from that stuff. And so they don't know that people have been talking about these sustainability development goals for years. Dude, in that amount of time,
1: I've like I have a whole ass human being like Finn, yeah. my son whole ass went from being.
2: not a person to whole drives a car. Being. Whole ass human being. Yes. Jesus. Christ. Because they don't cuz they don't care as long as they can get they can squeeze the outrage out about it right now. Right now. It doesn't yeah. matter
1: right, how right. long it's been around. Right. So I do want to read the DEI statement that's oh. been on Chick-fil-A's page. This guys, this is how fragile the right is. I just
2: want you guys to get your torches ready. Go ahead. Get Tom. you.
1: This is the fucking milk sharpen. Toast. Your,
2: sharpen those pitchforks. Nothing I burger. You get your, I need you to get your grinding wheels get them out. out and your sharpening stones and just get those pitchforks nice and pointy. We are committed to ensuring mutual respect,
1: understanding, and dignity everywhere we do business.
2: That's the whole statement. That's the whole DEI statement could, that is on their page. You could say a whole lot of nothing with one sentence. That's it. <laughs> right.
1: That's it. They're getting canceled by the anti-woke nut jobs yeah. who are just looking for their next cause celeb, as you pointed out, to stick a pitchfork in. Yep. The purpose, here's the thing, the purpose of the pitchfork is to be raised in the air. That is the purpose of the pitchfork. The purpose of the torch is to be lit. They don't care if the cause is righteous. The purpose is not to find righteous causes and then to go out and make sure you have a pitchfork. No, they walk around with pitchforks and torches. That's what they walk around with. When all you have is a hammer, every problem is a nail. When all you have is pitchforks and torches, you will find some nothing in order to become outraged. If you can get outraged over, we are committed to ensuring mutual respect, understanding, and dignity everywhere we do business. That's nothing. Yeah, that's a nothing.
2: That's literally a nothing. That's literally a nothing. I oppose dignity. Where are we at that you oppose dignity? You know what the other thing I'm noticing too is I'm seeing a lot of posts of people going in and confronting people who like a target and sell oh stuff God. at Target. I don't know if you remember that Joker we I covered do. a while back who walks around with his TikTok phone and yeah. goes harasses people in Target. And then he just gets fucking owned and then he has to leave yep. and it's the best. But he 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 went over and took something down and broke it. And there's this one guy who posted a picture of himself. He said he took all the gay shit at Target and threw it all in a cart and pushed it into the back of the room or whatever. So they have to put it all back or whatever. Like, it's basically just like, okay, being, you're being like a menace, right? Like right. you're being a shitty menace. You're going in, you're breaking stuff. You're moving stuff around. You're hiding stuff underneath, like, like inside of other places or putting it in the bathroom because right. yeah. you, you want to be a menace. Tom, I would never give a single dollar to Chick-fil-A. You know what I don't do? I don't spend my whole day door dashing and canceling on (laughs) Chick-fil-A. I don't do that. I don't fucking care. Like I just won't give you my money. Here's the thing. You have every right to exist. You have every right to use your corporate funds to hate gay people, whatever you want to do. You'll never get a penny from me. That's my line. That's the line I draw. The difference is, is that I'm willing to say, you can do what you want, but I don't support you and I never will, versus you, you, you do something that makes me so upset, I will go and disrupt your business. Yeah. There's a huge difference between those boycotts. There's a huge, look at what they're shooting now. Isn't the right kind of telling on themselves about the things that they're pulling their guns out and shooting, like Bud Light? This week I saw someone oh, yeah. shooting a target symbol, a couple of target symbols outside. Well, target of the shooting is Admittedly, of a target shooting is, is <laughs> A long tradition in <laughs> this country, but no, seriously, yeah, like, right. like they're sh- they're telling on themselves in some way by saying, like, look at what we're shooting, look at what we're aiming our yeah. guns at. But this is this is a difference between a boycott and an active attack against another group of people. It's also, as an aside, it is
1: also really something that if you pull the right, the right will tell you that they li- that we live in an increasingly violent America. And yet they're the ones shooting everything as their symbol of protest. Right. 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 Like, like we are not, I am not raising my hand and saying that, oh, you know what? We live in a violent country. We need to be all, all of us need to be armed all the time because nut jobs with guns are going to kill us all. Right. That's the right. The right is saying we got to be armed because there's. You know, the world is full of crazy yes. people with guns. And then they're like, and yeah, to show you how that works, we're, we're going to get our guns out and do crazy shit. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, do you see you? You are telling on you again. You're shooting shit. Yeah. You're vandalizing stuff. Yeah. You're like, oh, America's gone to pot. It's full of lunatics with guns. We got to get guns into the hands of more
3: lunatics.
1: <laughs> what? What's happening? You're eating your own tail, assholes. Tiny. Classified ads. This story comes from CNN Politics exclusive. Trump captured on tape talking about classified document
2: he kept after leaving the White House. He's in trouble, dude. I, this, this He's seems in really trouble. Bad. This seems really bad. The leaked report essentially says that they they he was talking to some people who were writing a book about Mark Meadows. By the way, this whole article goes to great pains that, to say that Mark Meadows never spoke about this ever. That guy, in my opinion, of all the people that Trump had on his yeah, I think I know. He seems going. like the smartest one, yeah, man. To just be like, I am not talking to anybody. I'm not going to talk to the Senate when they call me. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not talking to anyone. Even when that like
1: Cassidy, I think her name was yeah. Cassidy Hutchins, worked for Mark Meadows. Yeah, like she'd be like, Yeah, Mark didn't really say much. I'd be like, Come into the office and be like, Hey, what's going on? And be like, Hey, so. Just relax. We're just going to let things play out. Or, you know, like he just barely said anything. Yeah. He holds a job the way I hold my job, right? I was just like, I bet if I wait a little bit, <laughs> this problem will just go away. The problem will go away. And you're
2: like, yeah. did it go away? Yeah. Ha, solved another one. <laughs> like for real. Yeah, yeah. And and in this in this conversation about this, this book that's being written by Mark Meadows, this, this recorder is on and Trump is talking about the United States possibly planning a war with Iran. And he says he still has the paperwork. He walks over, takes a top secret report, and he's waving it around saying, you know, all I mean, he's talking to people and they're having a laugh about it. Yeah. But this is not something that, He should have been doing, or should have had, and he's also like the other stuff that came out that said that he knew the actual process to declassify. Yep, it's not that he just went. No, 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 no. He never believed. Never think it. But but it's so funny that this comes out, and and this one is the one that I feel like everybody's stepping away. Like, okay, no, because there's been a lot of stuff all the way through. And most people have been like, eh, eh, And, you know, even in that call to Georgia, there's people who could, you know, argue one way or the other. This one feels real this bad. This feels real bad, this man. This feels real bad. This feels real bad. like, Like, the thing is, like,
1: I think that by the time 2024 rolls around, he might be under as many as three fucking indictments. Man. He might be trying to defend himself and under three indictments in three different jurisdictions. Jesus, at the same time that he's campaigning, I do think that his campaign for president is a Hail Mary attempt to avoid jail. Yeah. Right? I think that he knows that if he gets the nomination and secures the presidency, that all the rest of those indictments, are no one's going to throw the sitting president in jail. All the rest of that stuff kind of just goes away or gets paused, gets put on hold, and then he can
2: kind of wait it out you know yeah. like this is what rich people do well and then he he would he would quash those investigations he would he would destroy he would, those investigations he would, destroy it. he would hand them off to somebody and be like go ahead and do it and just make sure it fails yeah and but,
1: but like i want to make the point too that like one thing that rich people do to game the system is they play the system out against itself over a long enough timeline that yeah. the system fails under its own weight sure. right yeah. so and that means that very often people who are on the other side of a complaint from someone who's very wealthy, they just run out of money to keep fighting. People in politics, they are no longer in office. If you can run the clock out long enough, you don't actually have to get to the point of a verdict. The, The point if you're rich enough is to never get to a verdict, to never get to a point of settlement or verdict. It is to just hit the fucking pause button, hit the continuation button, constantly run out the clock. Eventually that DA is going to retire. Eventually that DA is going to move on to another job. Eventually that plaintiff that is suing you is going to run out of money. And and the whole thing goes away. Rich people game the system by breaking the timeline. And Trump has done that his whole life.
2: Yeah, he has. And
1: it's, and he's, I think he thinks that if he can become president, he'll be able
2: to do it again. And I think he will. If he he only has to outsurvive, yeah. If he if he becomes president, you are absolutely right. I I am interested to see where this goes. The um, this this story this will translate a little bit into the next story that we're going to cover, which is the debt ceiling. Yeah, right. And so uh, the debt ceiling stuff to me shows there really is genuinely a rift in the Republican Party right now. Mm -hmm. There is a rift. the The vote was voted on last night, I believe. Yeah, and there is. There's Democrats who didn't agree because they took they, because this should have just been the debt ceiling. Let's do it. The end. Yeah, it should be procedural. It sh- and it's not. What they did was they tacked shit onto it, and they shouldn't be able to do that. But they have control of the House by a um, slim but sizable enough majority where they can make demands. That's not how it normally works. No. But that's how it was going to work this time. There was no getting around it. And there's some Democrats who are like, fuck you. How about eat a dick? I'm not voting for this. There's also a good number of Republicans who voted against this as well. Yeah. Because they, they wanted way more concessions. They, in fact, didn't care if it went to default. They were like, no, let it run into the ground. Don't care at all. And then there was what seems to be sensible people that, and I don't want to say that the Democrats that voted against it weren't sensible. I think they probably were. They're just very staunch. They wanted to, they 100% wanted to not have anything attached to this because that's not how it should work. Well, I think what
1: they wanted to do was force it to to be adjudicated through the 14th Amendment. So the 14th Amendment, um, some people believe would have, would give the president power to basically like throw the debt ceiling conversation in the trash. That's a risky argument when you've got a Supreme Court, which you would certainly adjudicate it, that is as heavily yeah. Republican as it is right now. I think if we had a reasonable Supreme Court, it might be a better argument. I would not want to take any argument to the Supreme Court as a Democratic president right I, now.
2: P- counterpoint What happens to the economy if the debt ceiling thing fails?
1: the global the, economy crashes worse than the 2008 crash our,
2: our our economy crashes too yes so our stock market crashes 100 yeah a lot of these people have their money tied up in the stock market yeah i think the moment you start to see things really dipping for them they change their mind real quick about what happens yeah the moment it hurts them yeah i don't disagree i think with you. that yeah. they would change their mind very very quickly it it damages the whole world yeah But I think like they would, they would see, it's like, you know, touching a stove, right? They would touch the stove and then be realize no, you know what? I, I was a bad idea. I shouldn't have done that. That's on me. And there's a part of me that thinks I get it. And I know that it's a damaging thing for everybody, but I, I think that they are afraid and the smart ones are very afraid. That's what I think. I think the smart ones are very afraid.
1: I think if you have any fucking sense, and and I want to do a real quick recap for any international listeners. So we do this, we're the only country that does this, right? So what we do in this crazy fucking country with our crazy ass system is we pass legislation and then later we decide how we're going to fund that legislation. So we pass a whole bunch of programs and rules and, you know, ongoing commitments that have a financial requirement to them. And then that requires that we raise the debt ceiling. So the debt ceiling is basically America's ability to, to sell bonds out on the market in order to produce revenue on a debt basis in order to pay for promises we have already made. So this is not, we don't raise the debt ceiling for net new spending. We raise the debt ceiling to pay for spending that we've already committed yeah, to. we already made the decision. We've already made yep. these decisions. This is something only America does. And then the approval process for that used to be simply a procedural process. Yeah. Now, the Republicans have weaponized over the past, really since Obama, they have weaponized the debt ceiling process. When Trump was in office, it's three times the debt ceiling had to go up. Three times it gets voted on, boom, 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 and it goes through and passed.
2: And just to point out, like, like one of those, the House was, was controlled by was Democrats. Controlled by Democrats. Yeah,
1: and and the thing is that if we were to default on, if we were not to pass this, so every once in a while, just to, again, like every once in a while, the government will fail to reach a budget and go into shutdown. The government shuts down. That's different than the deal, debt ceiling crisis.
2: Yeah, I don't think these people understand that.
1: Yeah. So the debt ceiling... Not
2: the overseas
1: listeners. I'm talking about right, the just Republicans. people in general. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they'd get yeah. it either. I think they think it would be the same as when we fail to pass a budget and government shuts down for a few weeks and people get furloughed and then they come back and we pay them and then we all say we're sorry and it sucked. If, the, if we default on our debts, if we cannot pay our bondholders, the... Value of the American dollar and our credit rating as an international credit rating as a country will overnight collapse. And the dollar is the international monetary unit. It is the default currency of the world that is used for trading and valued against. It would cause a global economic crisis that would probably last for years. This would be, even if it got fixed in two weeks, it would erode economic confidence in the largest economic engine in the world it would it, it can't happen it just cannot if it happens like it'll make 2008 look like nothing sure it'll be it's horrible. It's, it's, it's
2: it's horrible it's terrible it's terrible and there are republicans that are willing to play ball with that yeah. no they're not yeah no I they're know, not i know right because no, they know that they know that they can their wealth is yeah. way more tied into that than you or i's wealth I mean, granted, our jobs are tied into it, right? right. So, like, we could lose our job because right. of this, something like this, but their overall wealth is a, I mean, it's mostly in that. Yeah. Can you imagine the kind of hit they would take if something like that happens? They could lose half their wealth overnight. I mean, they would, that would be an enormous blow. And I think a lot of them recognize that. And I think the dumb ones once in a while get dragged to the side and be like, what the fuck? But, you know, what happened was, uh, McCarthy went to talk to President Biden. Biden, Biden had conversations with him. They both kind of came with some things that they weren't going to take off the table. What wound up happening was uh, they put in some work requirements for SNAP, but expanded SNAP at the same time. So they expanded SNAP and they also built in uh, some leverage to keep expanding it. So it's right. another good thing. Uh And the funny thing is, is that he put the work requirements in knowing that they're probably going to pass these anyway and right. so like you know there's nothing you could do to sort of slow this stuff down so he he sort of gave them things that he knew probably he wasn't going to keep anyway there's nothing he could do about it and, and he, in a, in a savvy way i think he negotiated Very savvy. he negotiated this position with them and didn't really give them a lot and they kind of walked away without much but some talking points that they could shout at their, at the people who don't really know a lot about what's happening behind the scenes. And what happened was is McCarthy comes back after he's like, and and I want to point out just, just very, very short time ago, it took him 17, 14 times or something to get voted in. I mean, this this is a guy who is not well liked by every single Republican. Right. He puts this to a vote and A lot of Democrats and a lot of Republicans vote for it. But there's a big contingent of both sides that don't. And I also want to point out, too, that they put in some rules to try to strip McCarthy and anyone else in the future of that position. And they put those rules in that people can start calling those votes. So I would watch for a vote like that coming from this far right portion. Oh, yeah soon to try to get him out of there gates even said i will i will make it basically make his life hell and i think one of the backdoor deals that probably got made was the democrats would be like okay well if they fucking try to vote you out of there we'll just keep you in there or whatever you know what i mean and in a lot of ways he's the lesser of two evils if he can get this stuff done because you'll never if marjorie taylor green was there oh you'll never get anything done she's she's an She'll absolute stump and she'd burn the whole thing But she doesn't get it she, yeah. you're exactly right she, they,
1: I, I, I just, ref- there is a, there is a howler contingent of dipshits that does not understand. Yes, they won't understand. They it. don't get it. Yeah. You know, and like McCarthy is a weak leader. Yes. He's a weak leader. I love, you know, I'm, I'm stealing from an article that I put in the notes, but like, I love that the right got outmaneuvered hard by a guy that they constantly deride as senile. Yeah. They constantly talk about Joe Biden as if he's senile, as if he's you know incompetent, as if he's mentally deficient, and they're like, oh, I guess, uh, I guess he really out uh, hardballed us. Yeah. I mm-hmm. uh, really, because yeah, McCarthy's not a powerful leader. Yeah. He doesn't have. He doesn't come swinging dick when he walks in that room. No, he comes like, shoulder shrugged, man.
2: Yeah, I, I am a little, I'm a little ticked that. You know, we have to give something. I am a lot more with those Democrats on the left, those ones that didn't vote for. I'm a lot more with them because for me, I'm like, there shouldn't be anything. This shouldn't be this fight every single year when you're in power and the other people aren't to figure this out. You f- you hash it this shit out. It should not happen. Hash this shit out in your bills when you're fighting over this other stuff. There's some other stuff that you can't fuck up on. Don't fuck up on this. And I feel like you're giving them an, you're, you're, in a you're you in in some ways you're rewarding bad behavior and you're saying this is bad behavior, but I'm gonna allow it. And then now you're just gonna ask for that bad behavior every single time. And is, is this something that, w- that the Democrats are gonna start to do? Are there when they hold the House they, and there's a Republican president? Are they gonna start to hold the country out? Because I don't wanna see that happen from I the our side at either. All. Right? Yeah. I don't want to see that happen. And so I there's a big part of me. It's like, and especially when it comes to fucking with people's snap benefits, I'm like, fuck your face. Okay. Yeah. That money, there's nothing there. All they want to do. Is hurt people. Yes. That's all that money is. That's to, the Republican priority. Literally their people. priority. They just want to hurt people. And that's upsetting because like they they're they're pissed about spending, but it's these tiny piddly fucking nothing spendings yeah. well, that they're so upset about. And it's and it's because they just want to fucking hurt people. Yep. That's it. Because I'll tell you what, and 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 if
1: there's any confusion about how true that is or whether or not that's true do you know what was never on the table was Pentagon spending? Right. What was never on the table is defense and military spending. And a lot of that's discretionary. A lot of of that's discretionary. Yep. Yeah, a lot of that's that you can easily negotiate. Yep. We spend an inordinate amount of money on ordinance. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, it's insane that that shit is never on the table. No one comes to the table and says, hey, you know what? We can feed America... If we buy less fucking aircraft carriers, we can actually like give people an education where they don't have to go broke in order to have it, but we gotta buy less guided missiles. We are always the default assumption is we're buying all the guided missiles. Plenty of money for missiles. And all the aircraft carriers. Plenty of money for missiles, man. And then whatever we have left
2: over, then that will 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 dole out the fucking pittance. And there's also plenty of money left over for building more prisons. And there's always money yeah, left man. over for uh for for arming our fucking local police, police officers yep. like fucking military grade weapons. There's always plenty of money for all that yep. stuff. That stuff's never in question. And and the the thing that we're questioning is whether or not somebody should get fucking snap benefits. Yep. Like eat fuck your face, man. This is a fucking worst thing. And that and it just makes me crazy. Like it makes me oh, mad. Yeah, man. I get upset by that. But it's like, I also understand too that Biden is doing, he's doing the thing that he knows is necessary. But it, sometimes it's a hard decision even for the people who you represent. Oh, 100%. You know, he's, he's representing me and it's a hard decision for him to make. And I'm like, fuck you. Like yep. I, I I pull back from this. I'm like, fuck you, man. Yep. Don't fucking do that. Those people, you know, I know what it's like to live on fucking food stamps. That's not a lot of money. That's a tiny fucking amount of money. That's that's nothing. It's a nothing amount of money that you have to like, and they, 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 you remember, what was it? 10 years ago, there was this fad where rich people were trying to live on food oh, stamps yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. for a week or whatever. And they were just like, fucking, I made it like a day. Right. And they fucking ran like, out of money. there's no fucking, like I bought like one avocado. Yeah, like I bought an avocado <laughs> and, a, and a half a thing of salsa and I literally can't buy right. anything else. And you know, like, like it's, it's a tiny pittance of money already. And yeah. then putting in work requirements to have it, you're like, you know, the, the problem is, is that, is that they're 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 doing this because like I said before they're doing it because they know it hurts people mm-hmm. and they and they want those people to hurt they want to show because they want to show all their constituents that they're hurting those people because that gets them yeah, the votes because that's exactly right yep yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's going to wrap it up for this week. We want to encourage people, if you like the show, uh, it's been a while since people have done that, go to iTunes and rate the show. Uh, if you like the show, give it a good rating. It, it helps us get seen. So if you have an opportunity, uh, you can go do that. Also, if you want to check out Tom's other podcast it's called Dear Old Dads, it's available on iTunes. He teams up with Thomas Smith and Eli Bosnick, and they talk about stuff that dads do. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure it's great. Um, <laughs> I'm teasing. It's a Wonderful show! It's a fun show. It's a wonderful, heartfelt show uh, where uh, they have there. are three guys that tell you their opinions on dating, and it's really great. If you want to catch my uh, my cooking show, I release every Friday season liberally. You can go check that out as well on YouTube. Uh, okay, so that's going to wrap it up for this week. This upcoming Thursday will be a long form show. So patrons, Tom will read that to you. The two dollar patrons will get that uh, in the next day or so. And uh, and the, the rest of everybody else is going to hear the discussion that we release on Thursday. So come check it out. This week, we're going to talk about Christian homeschooling. It's a really interesting article. So come check that out on Thursday. Uh, but that's going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to leave it like we always do with the Skeptics Creed.
3: Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit.